I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today, live on this Monday. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and listen, if you if you know me personally, you know that that I am a guy that um, I I like to you know I like to please people. And if if you ask me to do something, I'll I'll try to do it. And, and occasionally, I might even promise you that I'll do it. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that I'll always do it. And it's not because I don't want to. It's because I forget. I absolutely, I have tunnel vision. I see what's in front of me and I focus on it and I'm good at that. And I forget everything else. And that has led to problems in my life because I want to be a man of my word. I want my promises to be good. And so I just try not to make a lot of promises these days or I get up my phone and I make myself a note and set a reminder because I don't like to forget these things because if you got to promise something, you need to follow through on it. Well, good news today. There is one who makes promises, and he never fails, and we're going to talk about that today. My guest is O.S. Hawkins. I'm always excited to have O.S. Hawkins on the prog- program, and he has you know, written all these different books, uh, a, a code series, and we've covered several of them before, uh, You know, the Daniel Code, the Joshua Code. There's just all sorts of great books. He's got a new one, and it's called The Promise Code code looks just like that and he's getting into this and you know in a world where you just can't seem to depend on anything we really need to get back to these uh these biblical promises that uh we can you you build your life on this os hawkins great to have you back on life today live thank you randy it's a joy always a joy to be be with you love the way you intro love the way you interview i'm doing a lot of these every day on this new book and there's nobody i'd rather talk to than you honestly oh, oh come on now. all right well i'll, I'll, I'll take Maybe, that I, appreciate- I, think, I think of a few okay <laughs> so all right let me ask you this uh how, how good have you been over your lifetime at, at keeping your promises well you know i hope i hope i've been good but i'm encased in human flesh like all of us and you know, as you just said a moment ago, promises made, man, they're always appreciated. I love it when somebody says, listen, I promise. I, that's always appreciated. But as you said, it's promises kept <laughs> yeah. that mean the difference. So, you know, it's one thing to make a promise, another thing to keep it. We've all had our own experiences of that. But the Bible is replete with promises God has made to us. And he has a perfect record of keeping all his promises in his own good timing and in his time. Uh, there are over 8,000 of these promises in the Bible. And in the promise code, I've picked 40 of these Bible promises that I want to encourage people to live by. Because, you know, it, it's one thing to read the Bible and struggle with its precepts, knowing what we ought to do. It's another thing to believe the Bible and stand on its promises. So I'm trying to introduce folks to a new lifestyle of living daily, trusting in the promises of God. All right. Well, I want to dive right into some of these. So you got 40 of them. Let's pick up with one of them that that you think we ought to 
just go ahead and, and stake our lives on. We can believe it. Well, I would say, uh, I would say, how about the first one? It's in the book, the promise, I call it, of a brighter tomorrow. And, you know, but before we, we get to that, let me just say one particular word. Whether somebody keeps their promise or not is based on something. It's based on their character. You take an unrepentant thief that goes before the judge and he's been in jail 15 times and goes right back out, steals again, steals again. And he stands before the judge and says, look, judge, this time I promise you. I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, that that judge is not going to not going to figure his promises in because of his character and his previous action. Uh, it, but listen, how can we trust God to keep His promises because of His character? And Hebrews six eighteen says it is impossible for God to lie. His word is His bond, and it's laced with these promises for us. So. That first one, that promise of a brighter tomorrow, is uh, is one that we we many of us know. At Romans eight twenty eight, what a promise! How many of us, have, in times of need, climbed up on this promise and stood there? It says, "For we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose." Uh, doesn't mean everything that happens is good, but it means God can take everything in our lives and work it together in the tapestry of the cross for our good and his glory. How do you, okay, get into that brighter tomorrow because we are also, you know, Jesus warned his disciples in this world, you will have tribulation. Uh, and I recognize that he was talking to them, but there are a lot of people, there, there's problems in this world. So how do we yeah. square a promise of a brighter tomorrow with the reality of uh, a painful world, fallen world that we live in? Just by his promise of that verse you mentioned, because you only quoted half of it. In the, world, <laughs> in the world, you'll have tribulation, he said, but then what did he say? Yeah. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yeah. And so that's the answer to the question. Just stand on that promise. You know, Randy, there are a lot of promises in the Bible that are unconditional. I mean, God just promises something based on nothing we do. For Noah, when when God destroyed the earth in a flood, uh, he sent the rainbow with the promise that he'd never destroy the world again by a flood. Uh, That's not conditional on anything we do. In John 14, he said, I will come again. He didn't condition that on anything we did. He said, I'm going to come again. In Hebrews, he said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there are some, many of them for us, that are conditioned. You know, we have the promise in 1 John 1, 9 that he will con- He will forgive us of all of our sins. What a wonderful promise. But it's conditioned. The first part of that verse says, if we confess our sins, He'll forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So most of the promises we deal with with God are based on a condition, an if, and then a then. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting thing. Um, How do we know the difference between the if-thens and the unconditionals? Sometimes. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. you get the question. No, I say, I say it's pretty plain. It can be, it's very plain in the text yeah. when they're conditioned. So, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If 
my people who are called right. by my name to humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn to me. Then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and, and heal their land. You know that one I mentioned a moment ago. If we confess our sins, that word confession, homo legeo, comes from two compound Greek words. It means to say the same as God says, mm -hmm. to agree with God. You know, confession is not not just uh, uh, saying that, that we're, you know, a lot of us think we, that we try to excuse our sin. Well, it's, everybody's doing it. Or we try to minimize it. Well, it's not as bad as so-and-so. We laugh it off like it's a little vice. But confession says, I agree with God. It's so serious it necessitated the cross. And we come along and we agree with God uh, about our sin. And he can he cleanses us. What a promise to know that any of our hearers today can be cleansed of all their sin. Think about that. Yeah. Made as if it never happened. If we if we agree with God and confess our sin, that, that sin is serious. It's so serious it necessitated the cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I do have a question when, when I looked at this whole thing. Um, because sometimes there are uh, promises in Scripture. Uh, there are things that are said uh, that were to a specific audience. Uh, right. for, for example, e even the, the one you just quoted in Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will, that, that was um, said to the Israelites in the Old Testament, right? Right. Um, how do we know if this, some of these statements, these promises, were specific for a time for, and a place and a people, or yeah. they are universal? Well, you know, I, I every the Bible says every word of God is pure, and the way we stand on these promises to come to the, to 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 approach your uh, your question from this viewpoint is where where do we really get our faith? How can we know that we can put our faith in this or that or this? And Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, the word of God, not the logos, not the written word that we just open up from Genesis to Revelation read, but the rhema, the, that specific word to a specific person in a specific situation. Yeah, yeah. For example, Randy, yeah. I was pastor down Fort Lauderdale back in the eighties and I had a guy challenge me one time. He said, we were out at the beach witnessing. He said, man, if you, if you really got have faith, Peter walked on that water. If you really have faith, why don't you just step out there and start walking on the Atlantic right, right there and see what you do? <laughs> well, the reason I couldn't do that and Peter could was Jesus looked at Peter and gave him a specific word in a specific situation to a specific person. Peter, come to me and walk on the water. And what did Peter do? He stepped out of the boat, acted on the word of God, and walked on the water. So we still have a God who speaks to us. And in the normal traffic pattern of our Bible reading, God speaks to us from his word. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't find a, a Bible promise. It's not like we, we're playing Russian roulette with the Bible and we just come down and go like that. We don't find a Bible promise. Bible promises find us mm -hmm. in the normal traffic pattern of reading. And so the Spirit can quicken the word of God to us wherever we're reading. It's, it's his word. And just and we know we've all had that experience that, we're going through something, and all of a sudden, a, a verse leaps out. It's like God gave us that for that day. That's a rhema. Stand on that. Trust in that. Believe in that. Climb up on top of that verse and stand there. Sounds like you're suggesting that to actually actualize 
God's promises in our lives, we have to have a, a more of a relationship and not just sort of a, a dead text reading of, of Scripture, but actually a living relationship with God. Absolutely, Randy. The Bible says that the, the Word of God is what? The sword of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that make a big deal of the Holy Spirit and everything apart from the Word of God. It's the sword. Other people take come to the Word of God and completely ignore the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's not either or, it's both and. It's mm-hmm. the sword of the Spirit. And you take the Word of God and you, you just give it to the people. That's why Billy Graham, when he used to preach, 50, 100 times in a sermon, he would say, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, and quote the verse. And you keep sticking people with the sword and they'll believe. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, but it's got to be coupled with the Spirit of God that the Bible says that he is the one who leads us into all truth. Mm-hmm. He's the one who teaches us. He's our teacher. He's the one who illumines the Word of God. You know, Peter said that holy men of God spoke, wrote, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And this is this is why we can trust our, our, our Bibles. You know, there's another, that word moved by the Holy Spirit. There's a, the other time it, it appears is over in Acts when Paul was in that shipwreck and all those sailors were on board ship and everything was broken, the masts were broken. They were, they were, they were, and it says the ship was driven by the wind. They had no control over where it went. And these Bible writers, were like that. Yes, they were active. Yes, their personalities come in, but they had no control where it went. All scripture is given by inspiration, theonustros, God breathed by the Holy Spirit. And that that is and is profitable. So we can know that the Spirit, if the Spirit gave us the word, the Spirit can illumine the word mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. And that's what he does. And this is what the Bible, this is what the promise code is about. It's getting people to begin the great adventure of just believing God's promises and taking them at full face value and standing on them. And if I can just add this, the the situation, the problem comes with a lot of people. They, people want an explanation for this certain things happening. I want I want I want this and explain. And God gives us a promise. You remember Naaman? He was the commander in chief of the king's armies of Syria within the book of Kings. He got leprosy. He'd gone to Mayo Clinic of Syria, all the great medical clinics. He couldn't get any healing. He couldn't get any help. And he heard about a prophet of God and he went down there and the man of God, Elisha, just said, look, go dip, dip seven times in the Jordan. You'll be clean. Mm-hmm. And he got back in the chariot mad and going back to Syria. He said, our river's up there better than that muddy stream. And he, he had a, servant in the chariot said, Master, you, you've tried everything else. Why can't you just take that man in his word? What do you have to lose? And so the proud heroic conqueror, Naaman, took off his robe, regal rose, plunged into the Jordan, and was clean. But he almost missed his cure, Randy, because he was looking for an explanation, hmm. and God gave him a promise. Hmm. God has given us these promises, and a lot of things we're never going to have an explanation for till we're in the presence of him who can give it, and it isn't going to matter then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you for another promise, but I'm going to show people the book again real quick. This is The Promise Code by O.S. Hawkins. Uh, and um, you got 40 of them in there, and I know we can't go through all 40 of them. Yeah. But uh, pull out another one that is one that you think people need to hear today. Oh, well, there's there, there, there's so many. How about, how about the, how about, you know what I think some people need today? 
is uh, the promise of his all-sufficient grace. You know, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it, it got, uh, the Bible says, God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, Paul had a what he called a thorn in the flesh that was bothering him. He asked the Lord three times to, 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 to let him overcome it. And some of our listeners right now probably find themselves right there. Something that they have a thorn in the flesh, something that's bugging them, it's bothering them. And you've gone to the Lord over and over and he hasn't done it. And it may be that it's there for a purpose. And Paul came to be able to say, listen, uh, I, I realize it's a person. God, God, God gave him a promise. He said, listen, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, it's, it's when we're weak that we're strong and grace is God's. There's a difference in grace and mercy. <clears throat> mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And God is rich in grace. And he said, my grace is sufficient. So I don't care who you are, where you are, what your circumstance. If you'll come to God and cling to his promises, stand upon them, his grace is always sufficient. We can trust the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's one of the most beautiful ones. Uh, and it's it's so true. Let me, let me ask you this, because... Um, we hear these things, and you know, I've grown up in church. I listened to, I grew up in a Baptist church, not too dissimilar from the one you ones you pastored for many years. Right. We talk about these these promises, um, and sometimes we hear them. It, it's it's we say we believe them, but we don't live like we believe them. I mean, and and it's not out of a resistance or or a defiance. It's just sometimes. I, boy, I know what you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, you, you know, I, I believe it. I want to believe it. But my daily life just doesn't reflect it. How? how I'm, I'm guessing you've been through this. But I, I've had those moments where I go, you know what? If I say I'm going to believe it, I'm going to live like I believe it. And you right. go all in. And when you go all in, you you experience a whole different level of that promise. Do you know, have you, know, have you experienced that? Yeah. And Randy, I think you've said it all there. You know, there's a reason that when, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray like this, give us this day, our daily bread. You know, the, the Bible is called the bread of life, the manna from heaven. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's what people sometimes forget is it's daily bread. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you get in there every day, and just say, Lord, open my eyes to behold wondrous truth from thy word. We have a God who speaks to us by his spirit, through his word. It's a miracle the way it does. The way the, the, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit said, I will lead you into all truth. And you come with an open heart before God and his open word and, and ask him to speak to you. The Holy Spirit will take that word and put it on your heart. And then, but, but it's not, you know, that manna fell from heaven. But the next day, it wasn't any good. It had to come every, every morning. They had to get it. They had to pick it up in the evenings. And so it doesn't, uh, you, you, it's daily bread that we've got to come back to and uh, and find there. Yeah, it is. And and I, I do think there's an action to it. I mean, you talk about some of the conditional ones that obviously require an action. But it just, 
you know, it, it just to me seems like there's one thing between the head knowledge of, you know, I, I believe that, and then the actual walking out and, and living your life on it, you know? Yeah, and it's, as long as we're encased in this human flesh, we're going to have that, that we're going to have that struggle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only way to overcome, what, 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 what does what the Bible say? That they overcame him by the word of their test, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, that, that just causes me to remember the last promise in the Bible uh, is where Jesus said in Revelation 22, Behold, I come quickly. And, you know, that's the promise. If we were looking for that, if we were looking, you know, those early believers lived with a word on their lips, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. They greeted each other with that word. They, they, they shouted that word to each other when they were being burned at the stake and thrown to animals and wild animals and crucified upside down. Maranatha, they lived knowing, thinking that Jesus was coming any moment because he promised he said, I'm coming quickly. I will come again. And that the, you know, that the greatest proof we have the Bible is true is the way God has kept his promises all through the scriptures. His promises to Israel, his promises to us, his promises that he will one day come again and receive us unto, unto himself. <laughs> you you just made the case for my preterist eschatology. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not not, the, not what me, he meant to do, but that's okay. Let me let me come on and argue that case with you for thirty minutes one day. Well, that'd be fun. <laughs> but I, you know, I did. Oh yeah, get in the ring with a theologian. Okay. Um. So here's here's another question I have for my Pentecostal friends. Uh, because, um, you know, after, after being raised in the Baptist church, I went off to Oral Roberts university. So I learned a little different language and some things. And one of the, one of the things they like to talk about is, is this idea of claiming something. And and I know sometimes it gets a little off track, but I do think there is, I mean, you've got it right there in the subtitle of your book. What, what is this claiming aspect of God's promise. Right. It's that, you know, incidentally, Oral was one of my dear friends. I played golf with him every Thursday when I pastored out Fort Lauderdale. He and Evelyn spent the really? winters down there. Oh, I, you know, I, I love that. I, I, loved, love I loved Oral Roberts. Yes. I put that in the title, Every Believer Should Claim. And to be honest with you, I've gotten some a little bit of flack from a few people <laughs> about, over that situation. But I, I, this is, this is, this is one of those, Randy, this is one to me. This is one of those tangible, intangible things. I'm very careful about saying that I claim this or I claim that or I claim this or I declare that what's big today is I declare this, I declare that, Mm -hmm. I declare that. Mm -hmm. And that's that to me, that's a bit of a of a of a dangerous place to move off the ground of thus saith the Lord to thus what I do or I do that. (laughs) But I'll just tell you one thing. I know I've had experiences in my own life in times of great need, when in prayer and in Bible study, I know God has given me a verse mm-hmm. that was just for that. Mm-hmm. And and I claimed it as my own, as though nobody else in the world had ever seen it. It's just so personal. It's between me and God. Mm-hmm. And I climbed up on top of it, and I stood there, and I have never, ever seen God fail in such a time as that. That's why I say it's not, we're not talking about 
playing Russian roulette with the Bible and just picking out a verse here and there. We're talking about somebody who has a, a, a devotional life that's reading the word, seeking the spirit of God to quicken that word to their heart. Yeah. He leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us into what? All truth. Mm-hmm. He's not going to lead us into error. Mm-hmm. And, 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 It's that tangible intangible that maybe we've read that verse a hundred times, but that day it jumped off the page into our heart. And that's why, that's what faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing by that kind of a word of God when that happens. And it's a thing that I'm careful. I don't, I don't go around using the word claim very often because this is a holy matter to me, Mm -hmm. but I know in my own personal life, there are times when I've just claimed this, God, you said it, I believe it. You know, we used to say, preachers used to say, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, the Bible says it, and that settles it, whether I believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I just, I just take God at his word. Yeah. You know, I think even if we, like some, you know, like, like children can maybe get something a little out of context, I, I do, st- I still think that God honors the heart. Uh, and, and if we maybe, you know, claim something erroneously, but it's, it, it's, you know, aimed in the right direction. I think God, like a good parent kind of smiles and goes, not quite right, but that's okay. I got you. You're mine. And I love you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you the right way. Absolutely. He, he look, look, if he's numbered the hairs of my head, not counted them, numbered them. Think of that. Given everyone, if he sees a sparrow, when he falls, he looks on you're a hundred percent right. He's look, man looks on the outward appearance, mm-hmm. man, but God looks on our heart and he knows who has a heart after him yeah. and who doesn't. Yeah. OS Hawkins, you know, you still got a lot of good numbers on your head. Well, I do. I'm pretty good. I'm almost as old as your daddy. In fact, <laughs> oh, I'm right behind him. Are you? So I'm uh, trying to, trying to stay up with him. Your mom and dad are such, incredible human beings especially your mom <laughs> yes. and uh, but give them my love everybody loves uh every, every everybody loves your family and and uh, and you randy what a what a what an honor you are to your parents and the way you're carrying on this ministry yeah well i appreciate that and i appreciate every time you come on and share man you're just encouraging and uh i mean you know the code books are obviously great because they're relevant they're they're easy to digest but easy to apply and i I really like this direction because man we we live in an uncertain world that gets crazier and crazier we need some rock solid promises that we can build our lives on and you've you've got it right here so thank you and randy let me just say in this code series uh there's several of them in the code series joshua code 52 scripture verses every believer should know jesus code 52 scripture questions Every believer ought to answer before they get to heaven. Bible code, Jesus never book of the Bible, on and on and on. Now the promise code and all the royalties from all of these code books go to mission dignity. I just want your hearers to know that we're on a mission to bring dignity to some forgotten people. And that's retired pastors and their widows that pastored out in the highways and hedges, never made enough to live on, much less retire on. Now in their declining years, they're living at the poverty level. And Randy, the books, the, the Code Series sold almost 3 million copies in the last awesome. two, couple, two or three years. And every dime of all the royalty in their beautiful gift editions that make great gifts. Every time you buy one, the proceeds go to 
support those folks. Ten years ago, we gave them $10 a month. Now we've raised so much and sold so many books that the neediest get $700 a month, and there are thousands in our program. One little widow, 87 years old, wrote me recently, and she said, I get to eat tonight, and it's not just a piece of toast. Yeah. So it's a, when everybody buys one, that they can know that's where the royalties go. And you can go to oshawkins.com learn a lot more about it. Well, and I, I love, I appreciate you bringing that up. I love the fact that you are taking care of the shepherds. I mean, what an honor for God to raise you up yeah. to be able to do that and to give you the means to do it. That's so yeah. very it's cool. a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Always Hawkins. Always appreciate you. Check out the Thank promise you. code. Uh, check out his website, oshawkins.com. Uh, and you can pick this up. You know what? Hey, it's not, it's about that time of year. Good Christmas gifts. I mean, a nice little blessing, stocking stuff or whatever for people, uh, any of the code books, but the promise code of Good Solomon. So appreciate you guys, Barbara, Patty, Jesse, Susan, Loretta, all you guys out there watching live, anybody watching the replay, love to hear your comments. And come back. We've got more for you right here what on Life Today Live. With the Lord. See you again next time. I confess my sin. No longer will I rely upon my goodness, upon my personality. But Lord, I just come as a bankrupt sinner saying, Lord, have mercy on me.